In over 10 years of going to shows, I've met some really interesting people along the way. Folkies, metalheads, old school punks, sweetheart singer-songwriters, and everyone in between. I figured now was as good a time as ever for me to share their stories. Conversations about music where no genre and no topic is off-limits. I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in bar bands. It's David James Young here. Welcome back to All My Friends Are In Bar Bands for episode 20. Holy shit, I can't believe I made it to 20. This is nuts. This is, uh, like, way more than I was expecting to get done, if I'm completely honest. And there's so much more where this came from. I am backed up at the wazoo with amazing conversations with some of my best mates. So I'm really excited to be sharing this whole thing with you. Uh, if this is your first time, welcome. I hope you uh, go back through and check out what we've been doing here. If this is your 20th time, holy shit, thank you. This is unbelievable. Thank you so much. Alright, enough sappy bullshit. Let's get into the plugs. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, on Thursday, July the 9th, uh, tonight there are two free shows happening in Sydney, both of which are polarizingly different, but uh, both definitely worth investigating. The first of which is at the Record Crate in Glebe, and it features the incredible Become from Adelaide and Ted Danson with Wolves, who are very good friends of mine indeed. Become are an intense and really full-on uh, Scram's emo band, who I got to see back in December at Black Wire Records, and they were absolutely fantastic. So I'm really, really uh, happy that they're back in town. Definitely worth checking out if you're into that sort of thing. Over at the Union Hotel in Newtown, Obscura Hale is going to be playing, a.k.a. Sean Conran. He's just dropped a new single called Shaky Execution, and it is one of his best I think it is absolutely wonderful. It even got played on Triple J recently on Home and Host, and I'm super fucking stoked for that gentleman right there. Uh, He is playing uh, with Billy Burke, who you might know as the vocalist and guitarist of the band Yes, I'm Leaving. So that's happening over at the Union Hotel in Newtown, and as I mentioned, both of those shows are free. Tomorrow night, Alpine are in town. They are playing at the UOW Uni Bar in Wollongong, and that is with Olympia and Pearls. Uh, that tour is also taking them to the Metro Theatre on Saturday night. Alpine, of course, launching their new album, Yuck, which you've uh, probably heard a few songs off so far. I recommend Foolish and Damn Baby. They are absolute jams. Wax Witches, the uh, the solo punk project of Alex Wall, formerly of Bleeding Knees Club, is happening at Tokyo Sing Song. That's a late show. I believe that is happening at midnight or thereabouts. Uh, if you can get to the Marley Hotel in Newtown, go downstairs and you will find the uh, the glittery, glittery weirdness that is Tokyo Sing Song. 
Also happening tomorrow night, Carb on Carb, a fantastic indie rock band out of New Zealand, specifically Auckland. And they have two shows happening in Sydney this coming weekend. On Friday, they are playing at Blackwire Records, and that is with Hannah Band and the aforementioned Ted Danson with Wolves. They will also be playing on Saturday night at Beat Disc Records. And that lineup has Bear Grylls out of Newcastle, Beast and Flight out of Sydney, and Sweater Season, who we've spoken about previously on the show. Saturday night at Rad Bar, if you are around. Uh, Step Panther are going to be playing. They put out a album called Strange But Nice last year, which more or less sums it up. It's a, it's a, it's a good pop record. I, I dig those guys a lot, and they're great fun live. Uh, they are playing with Kaleidoscope, John Dory, Will Chittick, and a uh, special unannounced guest. Uh, which clearly I can't say, but uh, I will say that I have mentioned the artist in question in the uh, the previous plugs from this episode. So uh, scout through and see if you can find him. On the podcast this week, Aaron Osborne. Aaron is a absolute champion. You probably know him as the guitarist from I Exist. He's also spent time in bands like Outright. And he started his own podcast last year entitled Oblivious Maximus, which has also had some really, really cool people on it. People like Graham from Resist Records, uh, Matt from High Tension slash The Nation Blue. He's also had on Stu Harvey, formerly of Short, Fast, Loud. Basically, you can't go wrong with any of his podcast guests. I guess now, including me. What we decided to do is get together and do a hybrid version of our two podcasts. So basically what happened was we got together, I asked him some questions, he asked me some questions, and we got to know each other that little bit better. This was really fun to put together, and I'm really stoked that we got to do it. It's something a bit different for the podcast, because it's not exclusively uh, talking about... I guess, live music experience, etc. It involves me. Like, I guess I get to say a few things that I haven't really had the chance to say before. If you don't know me personally, there's a bit of backstory on me and my interest in in music and in podcasting, etc. So it all comes through here. So I do hope you enjoy it. We'll be back to regularly scheduled programming next week. We've got a huge guest next week, the absolutely incredible Karina Utomo. From High Tension, they have just put out a fantastic video for the title track from their second album, Bully, which features a bunch of absolutely incredible ladies, so I strongly recommend it. And I am really looking forward to sharing this interview, because it is one of the best that we've ever done, in my opinion. But uh, for now, let's get to the Oblivious Maximus, All My Friends From Bar Bands crossover, with Aaron Osborne. Brutal. Hi everyone, I'm David James Young, and welcome to the first ever crossover episode <laughs> of uh, All My Friends Are In Bar Bands slash Oblivious Maximus Podcast. 
we've got Aaron Osborne here. Hello, Aaron. Hello, David James Young, sitting across from me. How are you, sir? Fantastic, how are you? I'm just swell, sir. That's great. We're uh, hanging upstairs in uh, the relatively quiet surrounds of, uh, of Kelly's on King, which is uh, a place I am normally at when it's... Oh, between three and four in the morning, yeah. and a raucous, it doesn't matter what's place. on the jukebox. Doesn't matter what's on the jukebox. Everyone is singing along mm-hmm. religiously. <laughs> it's pretty impressive, actually. It can go from Karma Police into Drops of Jupiter yep. into Simply Irresistible, and we're busting out all of it. Everyone's singing in 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 full full force. One time. I'll give you a brief story of my history with this place. Okay. One time we came here before an I Exist show that was like super doomed because it was going to be the first show Josh played guitar for I Exist and his car broke down and he, oh, couldn't, no. he couldn't make the show. And then we came here after the show and we were in the beer garden and we were sitting there watching couple people just do lines of coke off a table out the back what? and we were laughing at the fact that they were just doing it in the beer garden and then we looked directly behind them and a guy was fingering a girl oh man <laughs> if that is not as bold an introduction you could ever possibly get to a place i don't know what is so quite right now it's quite tame yeah quite <laughs> tame all things considered yeah. oh man Okay, so I suppose we should start by uh, explaining how we met uh, for yeah. the first time. Sure. Uh, now, I saw you guys a bunch before this, but uh, mm-hmm. the first time that we actually met and actually spoke was uh, uh, the same night I actually met Jamie. Uh, when okay. I spoke to Jamie, uh, it was a Christmas show. Oh, yeah. Uh, that uh, Resist Records held at the Annandale Hotel. You guys played, and a Death and the we Family did. played. Yes, we both played. It was yes. fun. Uh, and. I remember that night quite vividly. I have a fairly blurred recollection yeah. <laughs> However. Yeah. About halfway through the set, some guy that nobody knew, none of you guys knew who he was, got on stage, took the mic, your mic, off the stand, yeah. and just started like, letting out death growls uh, and shit yeah. along <laughs> with what, what was going on. I'm standing directly in front of Sam, who is uh, one of the many guitarists of I Exist. Yes. And I just look up and go, what the fuck is going on? And he just shrugs and just like, just go with it. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's the I Exist ethos. Yeah. <laughs> just go with it. 100%. <laughs> yeah, that show was really fun because we always, I mean, we like playing with different bands. Like, I think that's been the thing, like, whatever. That's kind yeah. of our, like... <laughs> it's just like, okay, this yeah. is the show that it's going to be. And we love Graham and everything and like, this resists so awesome to us and then... They put that on, and I think they wanted it to be kind of like a, you know, like a party, a Christmas yeah. party type thing. And yeah, yeah. A death in the family are obviously awesome. A toy boats played it too, I think. Oh shit, they did too. Yeah, That's right, yeah. First. And those guys were all really nice as well. And um, I mean, we were kind of like obviously starkly different to them musically. Yeah, but it's a super mixed bill. Yeah. It was real fun though, and yeah, that show was like I think Kelly was wearing a Santa outfit, and I think there was we had four people playing guitar at the time as well. <laughs> I've, I've got to ask about okay, that, because that was the very first time I saw I Exist. It yeah. was Hardcore 2010. Yes. That was the first time... Oh, yeah, that was the first time we One played One of the first times you guys played... It. And you don't forget a band with four guitars. Well, it was really <laughs> funny, because the whole thing with that was Phantoms, the band Kelly used to be in, played as well. Yeah. And... 
because it was at a big stage, there was four guitar cabs on stage so that presumably bigger bands could have two cabs for each guitarist. And we had three guitarists anyway, and Kelly had been filling in for us for time, from time to time. And we're like, oh, there's four cabs, and Kelly's gear's here. He may as well just play guitar as well. <laughs> and the stage is massive, so we fit on it fine. Yeah. And then it was, like, the most ridiculous thing ever, because we didn't practice it or anything. No. So, like, I'm pretty sure we probably didn't play great, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it didn't really matter, because after that, people were just like, oh, you're the man before guitarist. That's yeah. funny. It's like, oh, cool. So, I mean, hopefully people like us, but yeah. <laughs> at least... At least we're memorable for something. Yeah, good. absolutely. <laughs> if you've got JJ up the side just doing whatever the fuck, oh. you know, playing guitars with the metal yes, horns, you correct. know. <laughs> uh, and uh, I believe you and Kelly uh, often would do a bit of choreography. You know, yeah. You'd, uh, yep. you'd move at the same time and... Uh, move, do oh. a little, like, roll around on the ground and stuff. <laughs> sometimes where all five guitars would, like, hold up the yep. guitars at the same time. We, st- we still have that little choreographed bit. Yeah. I don't think we do it as often as we used to anymore. You bloody should. Well, yeah. We <laughs> I, re- I reckon you should bring it back. We need to get on bigger stages again. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's one thing, isn't it? Just to, you know, be like, oh, well, we're on a massive stage, we might as well play with four guitars, but then to continue with that, it's just like, yeah. oh, fuck, how are we going to get four guitars on stage at the Annandale? Oh, man. <laughs> and it's, I mean, sometimes the, the worst was we played this... One of those destroyer lines clubs in Brisbane, oh. a, t- a tiny, tiny one, yeah, yeah. and we played with four guitar players. And Kelly was just playing in like the pit, because <laughs> like, we just couldn't fit on the stage. So I will posit a question to you. Okay, sure. What inspired you? What, at what point did you decide that you were going to be such a staple of the live music scene in New South Wales? Oh. Because it's because uh, I reckon before we met yeah. formally, I'd seen you at shows for like years. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I do have that reputation of being you that do. guy. Don't it's I? That's sick. I like it. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll wear it. Hey, um, you know, it was always something that I was interested in. I guess coming from, uh, I wouldn't say a, an, an isolated community, not Darwin or anything like that, but coming yeah. from the south coast and. I, I, I think you, you, you kind of touched on this a bit with uh, the podcast with Yells. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just being from an area that doesn't have that kind of stuff the way that Sydney kids yeah, still have it, sure. you know? So when it does come around, you're so fucking grateful and you're so fucking excited. And you just want to do it real bad. <laughs> like, yeah, like, even even now going to shows, like, every week, I still get that excitement, you it's know? Awesome. I, I, I love... Like, going out and, uh, A, supporting bands, and B, discovering mm-hmm. stuff, because the circle continues to grow bigger. The Venn diagram just continues yeah, to have yeah. more and more circles, because, you know, sure. I'll go see you guys, and you'll play with, like, two or three metal bands that I've never heard of, and I'll yeah. start getting into them, and, you know, I'll check out their their albums, and, you know, yeah. the, the bands that they play with, and, you know, <coughs> that Just builds and builds. It, it, it really does, you know, yeah. like... I guess properly started going to shows in like I guess in in the Sydney area properly about I want to say about five years ago you know it was yeah. up at least every weekend you know yeah and it's it's just something that's expanded to the point where I'm I'm going to shows pretty much every week like uh, as of tonight I'm going to a show every night for the next eight days Jesus Christ <laughs> you're a braver man than I uh, I would be so drunken <laughs> well I guess that, that's another thing you know because I'm straight edge yeah. you know like uh, 
I, I, you don't have I, that hindrance <laughs> weighing on you. <laughs> it, it pretty much is, you know, like, everyone else just, like, it's just like, oh, well, if I'm going out, you know, I've got to pay, like, I've got to have, like, 50 bucks for beers, you yeah. know, I've got to have, you know, money for cigarettes and shit like that, I've got to, you know, pay however much to get in, you know, probably buy other people drinks and yeah. stuff like that, you know, <laughs> and it's like, how much is the show? 20 bucks? Done. Perfect. That's 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 all I'm spending that night. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am, I really admire your commitment to continually supporting the live music scene. Oh, thank it's very you, admirable. I, I, get a, I still get a lot out of it, you know, I think awesome. that, that's really right. important to me. Yeah, no, I mean, I just think it's awesome. I think it's so sick seeing someone be happy at shows yeah. all the time. <laughs> well, you, you, I guess you do get that, don't you? You get a lot of, you get a bit, I, 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 it breaks my heart seeing people at shows looking like they don't want to be there. Oh, yeah. You know, it sucks. especially if they're really close to the stage. Yeah, just get like, out of the way. Yeah, it's just like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah, you know, are you just here to be seen. You know, I think. I mean, I'd say a lot of people are. Well, <laughs> but it, it's it's especially with those smaller shows. You know, where they're yeah. just like, oh, whatever. Because at those smaller shows, really, you you're making an effort because absolutely, a hundred percent. You're putting in the effort to be one of a few people who can be there. That's precisely yeah. it, isn't it, dude? I want to know, when you were growing up, what first kind of sparked the interest in, in music, like wanting to play music? Was it something you saw on TV, or were you, did you have friends that were just like, oh, you know, you should you should check this kind of stuff out, or yeah. where did it kind of build up? Or even was it a, was it a family thing? It was a like family that? thing, pretty much. Yeah. I, I've always played, I've been playing music for a long time. Yeah, yeah, sure. But like, my mum is really good at piano, and she plays guitar and stuff and not heaps but she does sure. and, yeah yeah um my dad just loves like Aussie rock, pub rock stuff you know like cold chisel and yeah yeah I grew up I grew up in China I lived in Taiwan for oh for real yeah, yeah when I was a kid but so I lived over there and like had all my dad's like Australian CDs and stuff that he'd listen to all the time and then yeah my mum always played music my mum always wanted me and my sister to play music when we were kids and I started playing clarinet was the first thing I played, I think. And then How old were you? Six, I guess. Maybe yeah, six or five or six. As soon as I could I was like as soon as I was in school. And then um, I started playing guitar when I was like seven. Yeah. And then I stopped because it hurt my fingers. <laughs> and then mum said that I had to do something. So I started playing piano, which was awesome for the long run because I can read music and understand it and stuff yeah yeah and then like I played cello and trombone and I just oh, moved man. through like you can play everything I'm not very good at any of them but I just <laughs> but you can play I, them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I could yeah so I just did that a lot and I think like half of it was just the fact that my mum was like knowing how to play an instrument or like understanding music is just like a really good skill to have I yeah, think yeah 100% because my mum's very like business minded and stuff not that I think she thinks that's but, like, you know, she the way her mind works is that, like, if you just know how to do it, a little bit of everything, mm. maybe then you can figure out what you're going to do with your life. Yeah, <laughs> so you, it wasn't a... It was just, like, a matter of learning the instruments. You weren't specifically, like... I know, you know, like, guitar kids look up to, like, you know, Hendrix or uh, Dimebag no, or whatever the fuck. No, when, like, well, I guess when I... When I started playing music, like, properly, I guess, was when I was in, like, high school. Like, when yeah. I was in year seven, I started playing drums. And that was when I sort of... I was already into, like, new metal and stuff by that of point. Of course. 
Um, Goes without saying. Yeah. And then, so I started playing drums at school, and I mum said that I had to take drum lessons for six months before she would buy me a drum kit. Oof. So I did that. It's a hefty commitment. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I joined the school jazz band, and I played jazz with the Melrose High School jazz nice, band. Nice, nice. Yeah, and I played drums for a while, and then... I just had a guitar and started playing guitar again, but it, that sort of stuff came from metal, really. Yeah, like, I right. just love metal so much that we, I... We just switched on to that kind of stuff immediately? Or yeah, I mean... Was it, or was it kind of like, was like a, you know, like Deep Purple first and then like something heavier no, it was or something sort of, heavier? Or it was, was it straight in? It was super weird. It was like, I guess I listened to like whatever my dad liked when I was a kid. And yeah. then I started... Because I grew up in China, American MTV was like really big on TV there. Oh, sure, yeah. So I grew up in, like, the 90s, obviously, and then, so I was exposed to, like, the wave of MTV that was happening then, which was, like, almost entirely hip-hop and R&B. Mm-hmm. So I got heaps into hip-hop and R&B, and then of course. from hip-hop, I got into new metal, I think, really. Like, yeah, I liked rock a, there's bands a, there's and a, stuff. A, yeah, yeah. The, the Venn diagram, again, you yeah. just stretches over. I, like, I'm pretty sure the first... The first like new metal thing I listened to was um, like a corn song with like the far side or something because oh, I like wow. the far yeah, side. That's right. Like anyway, and then from there I just sort of like new metal turned into like thrash metal, and then thrash metal turned into death metal, and just then heavier and heavier just, yeah. until you just end up there. Yeah, yeah. more <laughs> obscure and irritating my mum. And <laughs> but yeah, and then yeah, that's why I sort of like started playing guitar and everything. And, Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's pretty brutal. Yeah. yeah. It is very brutal. Very brutal. Brutal indeed. Man. Cool. Like, how how old were you when you were getting into like the super like heavy shit? Like, I guess I I think the first time I listened to like Cannibal Corpse and stuff that was probably like when it started getting like real obnoxious for my mum. Oh man. I I think about it in terms of like when she was getting pissed off by like the shirts yeah. I owned. And stuff. Oh, of course. Like, I think, yeah, I started listening to, like, Death Metal when I was, like, year eight or something, I guess. Oh! Yeah, yeah. you met year eight or year nine. I really got into, like, Cannibal Corpse and Morbid Angel and all those sort of bigger tier Death Metal bands. Yeah, wow. But I really, really loved uh, Pantera. Like, I mean, like, everyone. Sure, yeah. I just loved Pantera so much when I was, like, in year eight and year nine yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and, um... Through Pantera is how I pretty much got into like everything that I really love. I mean, I had got a easily my favorite band, and everyone who knows me knows that. Yeah, sure. But like, I got into them because Phil Anselmo wore I had got shirts in Pantera music videos, and I was like, if he's wearing those shirts, that must be fucking amazing. <laughs> and then now the rest is history. Yeah, that's it, dude. It's <laughs> fucking love them. I don't know, I think everyone's progression through liking things is interesting. Yeah, definitely. Mine has been relatively, like, as I guess the parts that people know has been, like, relatively straightforward, being that yeah. I guess most people would know me as liking metal. Yeah, so. you're, you're a metal dude. There's, <laughs> yeah. nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, I, I don't have anything against it yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. How about yourself? Tell me about your musical journey. Okay. Let's go through this. Alright. Uh, my musical journey starts with Sesame Street. I was switched on to even the idea of music super early on, so I would have been about four or five. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I used to watch a lot of Play School and a lot of Sesame Street sure. and stuff like that. And I and the Wiggles, of course, had all the VHSs of the Wiggles, yep. Franciscus Henry, you know, stuff They're like that. They're always playing guitar. Yeah, They're yeah, always yeah. shredding. Yeah, 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 absolutely. 
Uh, so I was completely enamored by that. The first song I remember loving was a Sesame Street song called Imagine That. Mm-hmm. And it was sung by Ernie. Yeah. Uh, and the first three verses are about him imagining uh, other things that he could be. Like if he just, you know, pretends, you know, yeah. just the, the, the power of imagination. You know, he could be a knight in shining armor or he could be a dragon slayer or he could be like the captain of a ship or something yeah, yeah. like that. And the last verse is him talking about how it's really important that he is Ernie. Yeah. You know? And that he can be the best person and he can be like that. Yeah. And, you know, even at that age, you're just like, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I can be all these things, but, you know, it's the most important that I'm me. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, so I got into I got into music pretty much through that. You know, I used to know all the words to all the songs. And I guess with those things, they uh, stuff to prop your kids in front of, just like, okay, yeah. just watch that or whatever. But... I was glued on, man. Mm. You know, we I, I demanded to get all the VHSs yeah. and all the albums <laughs> and stuff like that. Learned all the songs for that. You know, yeah. I, I was switched onto it super early on. And when did you it, start? When when did you start playing music yourself? Uh, okay, so I started playing music when I was fourteen. It was me and two other friends. I got a drum kit for Christmas. Um, uh, another friend uh, got a bass for Christmas and another friend got a guitar for Christmas so we formed our first band on Boxing Day perfect yeah as you do <laughs> yeah, as soon as you've got something. yeah exactly <laughs> so uh, I, I like to think of December 26, 2004 as you know my anniversary for starting to play music properly yeah you know? there you go <laughs> so 10 this years year, now this, this, this year will mark, year mark 11 years yeah, yeah exactly um, yeah I yeah so we got into I, I guess my yeah my exposure to that kind of stuff like in being in bands and just playing and stuff like that it, it'd be a bit more generic than yours I'd say you know yeah. like we were doing like Teen Spirit and Damn It and like Chili Peppers songs yeah. and shit like that I just, played that too yeah. I, it's, just it's was, what you, it's what I was just at the time <laughs> trying to rebel against my oh, mother oh of course of course yeah <laughs> so yeah I got into doing that kind of stuff around that age and it, it was just whatever we could figure out how to play, you yeah. know, and eventually it turned into writing stuff, and, you know, I kind of drew the short straw, because I was the only one that had any capabilities of singing, sure. I was like, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, I'm fucking fine, I'll do it, yeah. it's just like, well, we can't find another drummer, it's just like, alright, well, we'll do both then, so I was the drummer and the singer in my band. Yeah, right, crazy, <laughs> that's hard work. Dude. Yeah, it was, so that band uh, was together from 2004 mm-hmm. to almost five years later, we split up in 2009, yeah. uh, which was the year after I left uh, or finished high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we basically went out the same way that we went in, playing to no one in particular <laughs> in a little fucking, in the back of a shitty fucking room, yeah. you know? Oh, well, for, for, it was fun for five years. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it was what it was. You know, it was never anything like I knew we weren't anything special. I, I just enjoyed playing. You yeah, know, I got a point, lot out of playing and you know trying new things with with these people. You know, the lineup changed a little bit. We got a different bass player. We had a second guitarist for a while, but uh, yeah. once we settled on the the three of us, mm-hmm. like three the core three of us, every time one of us had a new idea, it was just like let's fucking do it. You know. Let's, yeah, yeah. Like, that was that's what was exciting to us, just the yeah. fact that we could do that. You know? Sick. Yeah, so you got to do it. You, I mean, being in a band's awesome if people like you, but like, I mean, I don't, and I mean, I'm sure bands say this, and I'm half the time they really don't mean it, but I really do. Like the reason I play in the bands I play in is because I like being in those bands. Yeah. I mean, I'm stoked that other people like them, and we get to do cool things. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't do it if it 
stuff. I thought it sucked. Yeah. You know? Like. Where do, where do you where do you go beyond the jazz band? So After, where does where do, where do you start um, like properly playing? Well, so I guess at the time that I was doing like music in school, I was yeah. also jamming with like friends playing at Rage Against the Machine and yeah, of course, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah, we used to do that a bit as well. Yeah, just you know those basic level heavy alternative music sort of things. Um, and then we sort of started this band and it was like a new metal thrash band, you know, like just confused kids. And then from that was, I guess that was when I was like year nine and year 10. And then that band was sort of going to continue into year 11 because in Canberra you got a year 11 and 12 in different school. Oh, right. Yeah, so yeah. all of our friends, you know, our band got split up. Basically, and then I thought everyone else didn't want to do it anymore, so I kept it going. I don't know why, because the band just turned into a death metal band, and <laughs> it was just me with new other people. But um, I think it was one of those things where, like, at the time, we'd already played at, like, Woden Youth Centre and stuff, and I didn't want to, like, give up that reputation. <laughs> it's a pretty but, solid reputation to have. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we did, yeah, and that's just sort of evolved into a metal band, and then when I was in year 11 and 12, I played in, like, the two of the school bands. So, I and I was, like, double majoring in music at school. So, I was just, oh, wow. like, playing music all the time. And, like, doing real bad at all the other classes. Like, sucking hard at English. And just because I didn't care. Yeah. I just wanted to play music. And then that was kind of when I was playing in, like, death metal bands again. And then... Yeah, yeah. Around... Oh, jeez. When I was in uh, year 11, I... Got a, I worked at this music store in Canberra, and my friend Morgan, who's in Hoodlum Shouts now... Oh, yeah, yeah. He um, asked me to play in a hardcore band with him, and at the time I had really long hair and wore Cannibal Corpse jumpers to work, and was just rebelling as much as I could. And yeah, he asked me to be in a hardcore band, and then that was this dude Dave and this guy Sean, who was yeah. in this band Condorcet for a while. Okay. And uh, that band was called Top Gun. And, Top Gun. Yeah, and then yeah. Sam from I Exist was like the rhythm guitar player in that band. That's how I met Sam. Right. Okay. And then that band became Slow Burn, and then Slow Burn became I Exist. Really. Right. So what are the of, what are the connections between the bands stylistically? Um, like, did it did you just get little. like? Oh, well, really? I mean, they were really similar. Well, uh, I mean, Top Gun sounded like. Uh, and they're like old miles away or okay. like champion and stuff like that wow okay and again at the time I was like a full blown like death metal dude mm. and I was just doing it because I liked the guys and thought it was fun but I really didn't care for the music oh much. really yeah and then that became slogan because we decided that being a joke band wasn't like the best idea in, <laughs> in the world um, and <coughs> Sam started singing and then um, Murph from I Exist started playing guitar. And then I started I Exist because I wanted to play guitar in a band. Yeah, and right. at the time, I was going to make it just everyone from Slow Burn just playing different instruments. Oh, but okay. some people didn't really want to do it. So I knew Murph could play drums because... He's fucking a freak at music. Yeah, yeah. And so he, we would just like have slow band practice and then the end of slow band practice I'd just swap with Murph. He'd play drums and I'd play guitar. And Sam was there and, you know, Sam's also good at guitar so I was like, okay, Sam can play the other guitar. And I just wrote like, 
uh, the six songs that are on the Exist demo or like what I what we first jammed just weird like sort of trying to be tragedy but with yeah. like bluesy riffs thrown in and stuff so I mean the, all the all those bands were kind of similar in the sense that like the people playing in them was so like it was almost the same yeah yeah but I mean I guess stylistically they're considerably different but I think I see them still as like anyone in Slowburn can play yeah. I exist songs yeah like anyone I exist in no, Slowburn songs yeah. so yeah yeah I mean that was how it sort of flew together but it, I mean I'm sure you know the same thing from coming from the coast like mm. small towns is everyone's and everyone's bands anyway yeah like, absolutely no one's like I would say every person who is in like I know from bands in Canberra I would know five other bands that they've been in with other people and, yeah you know, of course stuff like that so and no matter what projects you try and get going or whatever, it's always just going to be the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, More things change, there's not, yeah. a, there's not enough people there for yeah. it to not... That's how it goes. Yeah, and it, it definitely it worked is. out, you know? It's not... It's never been a problem. <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah, it was cool. And I mean, that slow burn was awesome because that was when I got ex- like started meeting people and touring, I guess, and that sort of like expanded my mind a lot in terms of st- stuff because I guess when it started I was just like fuck anything that's not fucking brutal death metal <laughs> everything else sucks and then slow burn and stuff really sort of opened my mind to like oh wait like the hardcore scene's really cool punk scene's cool like cause I I mean I guess I'd known those things but I'd never known them the way I know them now sure you know? yeah I knew them because Occasionally, like metal bands would play with hardcore bands in Canberra because there was not enough hardcore bands to play yeah. hardcore shows and not enough metal bands to play metal shows. But it's, it's sort of been like a fairly natural progression, but one that I think has been like quite beneficial. Sure, I made a lot of friends. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I value that considerably higher than I do the achievements that I've made. Like I think the greatest achievement that I've had so far is meeting all the people I've met. You know? So, oh, absolutely. You know, like. I'm stoked that I've got to play with my hey God. That's like oh, sure. the, the best, yeah. one of the best things that's ever happened to me. But the fact that I have fucking six best mates is even better. Like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. You know, yeah, you shit's got... going to last way longer than those times that I played with my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I would say that in recent years, yes. my awareness and knowledge of yourself has come, aside from seeing you at shows all the time, right. has come from... Your efforts in, you know, writing and stuff like that. Yes. How would, how did that start up for you? Well... Where did uh, the interest come from bands that you were in for five years and not doing too much with? Where yeah. did that turn into contributing in a different way? I'll, I'll, I'll say this much. The only two things I've ever been good at are knowing things about music and writing. Okay. Good. I was an English kid, you know. I, yeah. I, I, did, a, I did English Extension too, you Fuck know, yeah, like shit like that. Uh, so when it became apparent to me that writing about music was a thing that people could do, yeah. it's just like, what? what? Yeah. No, and, and, and they, and they, and they, they get paid eventually? <laughs> really? No shit. Okay. Yeah. I first started, uh, at least attempting to write about music when I was maybe 15, 16. Mm-hmm. I got my first stuff published in 2007. Yeah, I was still kind of learning and still kind of finding my voice at that point. 
did my first uh, interviews in mm-hmm. 2008. Yeah. Who was your first interviewer? Uh, the first interview I ever did was with a guy called Adam Green, who is best known for being part of an anti-folk group called the Moldy Peaches. It's okay. him and Kimia Dawson. Uh, he's also had a solo career since then. Mm-hmm. And he's a very loud, eccentric American dude. And <laughs> I was pretty much thrown in the deep end when I interviewed him for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah, just listening back to that interview for the song and, you know, getting connected through. And just like, you know, I got Adam on the line and you just hear this. Hey. Is that David Young? Yeah, that's me. Holy shit. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Man, I'm fucking wonderful. And he just goes into this entire spiel. Like, he goes for, like, five minutes about talking about hanging out at a friend's, like, makeshift bar that they've put up downstairs at their house or whatever. And just like, I don't know how to respond to this because this isn't on my grid of six questions that I've prepared. (laughs) Yeah. But kind of freaking out. But I I kind of, yeah, got the hang of it and, uh, you know, started interviewing, like... Yeah, more more local artists. Like, you know, you kind of build your way up from that. Like, I was interested in everyone that I was interviewing, but uh, there were definitely, like, higher-level people than others, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I started relatively low in the ranks and kind of built up a repertoire from there, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, writing pretty much on a volunteer, unpaid basis for a few years, you know, started getting paid properly, you know, around, I guess, 2009 or so. Started picking up work in other places uh, here and there, and yeah, now I'm at the point where I'm pretty much writing every week. You know, yeah. I'm I'm chatting to international artists every single week, and you know, going out to as many shows as I can, and you know, doing a lot of reviewing and stuff like that. So yeah. Um, so who do you primarily write for at this stage? Uh, I, at this stage right now, I write for Blunt Magazine. Mm-hmm. I write for Fasolada. Uh, so I wrote from that was the first place I wrote for from. 2007 to 2012, yeah. and uh, then they had an overhaul. I, I wasn't a, I wasn't a part of the site for a while. Yeah, um, that's that's pretty much all I could say. But um, yeah. I, I, I started writing for them again last year, and yeah, uh, yeah we're in pretty good terms now. And, yeah, cool. I still do stuff for them, which is great. So shout out to those guys. Uh, same same, which is a really cool website to kind of assist the website. It's under the same umbrella at uh, the Sound Alliance. They do Junkie as well. Cool. Uh, I write for music feeds, I write for everything under the umbrella of First Media, so the Bragg in uh, Sydney, Beat in Melbourne, yeah. uh, Singster in Brisbane, and Express in Perth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I basically get my stuff out through that, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's been something you know that I've built up over the last eight years, and it's it's something that is, yeah very much part of my identity I yeah think, yeah you know? for sure. like uh, I don't know it can get annoying sometimes when I, I you know want to talk to people and just say hey yeah how's it going and they're just like yeah good can you get my band in this magazine oh, it's like yeah. really that's the only reason you want to fucking talk to me you know <laughs> oh like I had that's this right. yeah I had this guy hit me up on, on Facebook recently I was just like oh hey have we, have we met it's just like oh yeah like you saw my band once, so I was like, oh yeah, cool, okay, what's up, you know, just thinking, you know, just stuff for a chance, it's like, yeah, we've got some new songs, you want to listen, I was just like, oh. It's just advertising. Yeah, <laughs> basically, like, yeah. It, it does, uh, it fucking kills me, like, just, just in general, like, I think that's a general pet peeve of people that, you know, when people only fucking talk to you when they want something, Yeah, yeah. you know, like, they don't actually care about whatever's going on in your life, it's just like, yeah, cool, can you do this for me, it's just like, Alright. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I tend to favour those people the least, you know what I mean? <laughs> I they, they go very much down the, yeah. down the list. Yeah. <laughs> Can you remember the first time that 
you played live? Like, do you remember how old you were? Um, the first in like a like, a, like a, a away alternative from... music band. Uh, yeah, or just okay. In general? Let, let's do both then. Do okay. you remember the first time you played in public, first and then the first time you played in public doing doing the brutals? Yep. Uh, the first time I played in public, probably like as a performance. It was probably when I was in like year five or year six, I guess. Uh, yeah, year six it would have been. I played. I played um, trombone in a school band, and I had a solo. Nice. Um, at a concert, at a school concert, and that was the first time that I like, performed as part of like a group. Um, and then the first time I played the Brutals, as you call it, is um, my this metal band I was in called Echo Inside, the band I was in in school. Right, yep, yep. I think we played in an assembly at school, in like the school hall, and um, I guess it was when I was in year eight, I think. Yeah, so I would have been 14 or 15. 14, I guess, yeah. Yeah, sure. So yeah, like, yeah, so in a three-year block, I went from playing jazz live to playing mm. metal, and then sort of... Those two stayed with one another for a while, and then yeah. I sort of gave up the jazz side. Of sure, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it required more musical competency than playing dumb metal and hardcore songs. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little bit, a little bit tiring yeah. working off right a sheet music and stuff. You sure, know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's easier to get drunk and just play hardcore songs, isn't it? Of yeah. course, yeah. yeah. You can't just get up there and just try to remember like something in twenty seven eight or something no. ridiculous like that. Reading reading music's cool, like I like it and I understand its purpose, but uh, I don't know. It's one of those things for me I just like playing guitar and like yelling and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah, wrong with that exactly. at all. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, about about fifteen is probably when it sort of started becoming like a regular happening thing. Sure. Me. Yeah. What about I Exist first show? Because it was just the four of you when it started uh, out, wasn't it? No, it was five. It was yeah. five of us. It was uh, me playing guitar, Jake singing, Sam playing guitar, Alex playing bass, and Murph playing drums. Right, okay. The first show we ever played was at Tuggeranong Youth Centre. And it was with uh, Relentless from Sydney mm-hmm. and Dropsaw from Newcastle. And then some other Canberra bands that I can't remember that probably aren't all, are no longer together, just hardcore bands. But yeah, it was quite funny, like, it was our first show and I think we played like third above bands that had played like way more shows because at the time it was like dudes from Hard Luck and Four Dead and Slow Burn and in Canberra that was like, I guess something people cared about at the time. But we were pretty sloppy, and we only had six songs. So we only, we had a, we we made demos for that show, and then we just basically. I'm pretty sure we just played the demo in in full in, like, in order, yeah. yeah, in its entirety. Yes, and Start I think I think it was ordered like that on the demo because that was the order in which I wrote the songs. I'm pretty sure. I think it was like track one was the first song I wrote, track two was the second song I wrote, but and that's how we played it at the show and. It was super fun, like, because I'd never played guitar in front of people before. Like, I'd never, like, played a show playing guitar. Up until that point, I was always a drummer. Oh, yeah, um, sure. So I played, um, yeah, I'd play guitar and, like, yelled, I guess. And um, I was, I remember being, like, even though I was targeting on Youth Center at that time, 
Sloban had already like toured and like played some relatively not big but like you know we'd played with Parkway and stuff to yeah, like yeah. 600 people or something so yeah, I that's pretty big at the yeah, time yeah. Sure. I mean you know it's, it's, it was huge so doing that show for I mean there was probably like 100 people there or something but I just remember being like standing up and like you know with my guitar and like like being like I'm at the front of the stage now Whoa. people are looking at me I've got to talk into this microphone. Like, <laughs> oh, what am I going to do? But it was fine. There's lots of our friends there, and obviously, as soon as it finished, I just was so excited that I'd done it, and yeah, couldn't wait to do it again. And then it was really cool. And like the guys from Relentless were, I mean, I guess I knew Trent maybe, and but they were like they're nice guys, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you guys are cool, and blah blah. And, we really, we were all really good friends of Dropsaw already, and it was the same thing, and they liked us. And then I think so from there, it sort of just started rolling into playing more and more hardcore shows, and then yeah. becoming friends with more people and doing more things. So yeah, I guess it's always been like that. Like it's always just been everything. I reckon, almost everything that's ever happened for us that's been cool is because a friend has like given us like a handout somehow. And like, yeah. I mean, it's not like. We've obviously busted our ass too, but like it's just because we got lots of mates, you know. And like, yeah. I think that that's a good reflection of the band too, is the sense that like you know we wouldn't be playing with friends all right now if we weren't mates with them. I don't think you know. Yeah. Like I know they like our band, and we obviously like their band, but like they're fucking awesome guys, yeah. And we get along great, and I get the feeling that's why they want us to play with them all the time. Yeah, sure. We have fun, so yeah, yeah, I like that. I like how that's paid off for us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I like to think that uh, we have a reputation of just being, like, silly and friendly <laughs> as opposed to, like, fucking tough guys or annoying people or... Yeah, don't take this in the wrong way, but you guys are one of the least intimidating metal bands yes. ever. That, that's probably why I you're love, my favourite metal I band love... in Australia. <laughs> Thanks. It's because it's just like, I can I can go to your shows and feel like I'm not going to get murdered. Yeah. You know, just yeah. we're just all there for a good time, you know? Not gonna lie, last night when we played, some guy tried to like, fight another dude, and I was just, I hate that shit so much. Oh, I just worst, can't stand it? it. I think a lot of guys really like it, and a lot of guys really like the fighting and tough guy shit. And that, I mean, that's fine. That's, that's a thing people like. At the same time, like, I was, you know, just, this dude just hit some other guy, and then of course the security guard's gonna hit him because the security guard doesn't see it as just drunk rolling around the security guard sees it as a, a, a threat of violence threat, you know yeah. and he's got to do his job even though he probably did it a little bit too hard last night but I mean you do it you are in a position of power I think when you're standing in front of people and you have a microphone and you have the PA and I think if you don't say something you're a bit of an asshole because yeah I don't want some dude to end up in fucking hospital or dead because some other guy thought it was appropriate to punch him in the face when he wasn't looking because mm. some music was kind of loud and audibly aggressive, you know? Like, don't do that. Just, Just you want to fight people. Do that shit. Yeah. You want to fight people, figure out a way to do it that's not at a show where people are just trying to enjoy music, you know? Yeah, so, 100%. But yes, I, I like to think, aside from the couple occasions where biffos have started during our sets that yeah. for the most part people see us as just like a band uh, sort of there to have fun yeah. like I think that's all I want I mean like uh, I take pride in the, in the songs we write and I think I, ser- I take it seriously and I take yeah. the 
the band itself seriously, but the whole reason I do it is so I can play shows. Like, I mean, of course, I, yeah. I love the music that I've written, but at the same time, play, it wouldn't be as cool to play it if people weren't there to watch it, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, what was the catalyst for the podcast? Was it because of all the writing, or what, what got that going for you? Well, I've, I, through going to, uh, like, gigs, like, as, uh, the frequency that I do, uh-huh. you know, uh, I would almost exclusively go to these shows by myself. Yeah. I, I've always been of that mentality that I'm not going to fucking wait around to, you know, get confirmation from someone if they're going to come or not, you know? Like, if I want to see something, I'm going to go out and see it, you know? I, I, I don't need, you know, like three or four friends there as a crutch or whatever, you know, they're not the reason I'm there. Yeah, you know? sure. It's like, it's it's the same thing as, like, because you don't, you don't talk to them when you're watching the band anyway. Like, that's that's my primary focus, you yeah. know? It, like, it, if I look at the ticket it says I exist, it doesn't say I exist and all my mates, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to see I exist because I want to see I exist, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if other people I know that are there, fine. But if not, it doesn't matter because I'm there to see sure. you guys. So it stemmed from the idea that through going to these shows, I came to meet a lot of people because, I don't know, maybe people are intrigued by that, you know, just like, who's this guy? What's his story or whatever, sure. you know, just standing by himself, just getting into it by himself or whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I, I'll admit, I'm not stealth, you know? You can pretty much find me <laughs> stage... Much like, my, much like myself. <laughs> But you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, six foot five both ways. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm the the woolly mammoth dude. Usually stays right. You know, like <laughs> sure. I, I'm there. You know, yeah. and so I came to know uh, people, uh, like particularly the bands I was going to see. They'd come up and introduce themselves, or I'd just be chatting to them afterwards and stuff sure. like that. And so I came to know a lot of people on like the surface level like sure. that's what we have in common I like their band you yeah. know that's that's kind of how it started uh-huh. it kind of got me thinking about I, I should get to know these people better because they deserve to get be known better than they are you know sure. that on, on that level like I, I, I like you know the fact that we are what I'd consider being friends yeah, at least sure. but I, I'd also you know like to know stuff about them that I know about people that I grew up with or people that yeah, I went okay. to high school uni with or whatever so basically the podcast was a chance for me to kind of find other people that love music yeah. and you know play music and are out there and, and performing and have a similar passion to me and finding out how they got there because everyone's on a different path you know yeah. like maybe their dad got them into something or maybe they were given a CD by their cousin or maybe they got into something in high school or, or maybe it was after high school you know it could, it could be what the fuck ever everyone has their own story and everyone has their own path and how they got into uh, loving and, and wanting to play music so yeah. doing the podcast for me has been a chance to do that it's been a chance for me to kind of open up those avenues a bit more and really get to know those people and uh, yeah make sure that that there's a an open conversation about I guess performing and the pursuit of music you know wanting to take it beyond the level of just like oh you know I'll just kick around the garage with my mates you know just like sure. want to be out there and, and playing and performing yeah, and stuff yeah. like that so I, I think that's where it stems from for me uh, it stems from I want to kind of get to know people a bit better and yeah. and, and not only do that, but share that with people who like those people. Yeah, you that's know? cool. It's been really important to me to 
uh, have the really diverse array of people on as well because that's a reflection on me like yeah. as much as I love you know going to see you guys and like going on the like, punk and metal shows and stuff like that you can also catch me doing the exact same shit at like massive pop shows yeah, you know? yeah like for sure I've seen like Justin Bieber Miley Cyrus One Direction yeah like I've seen all that shit you know Beyonce Jay-Z U2 like Foo Fighters you know I've been on all these like massive like big stadium shows Coldplay Taylor Swift stuff like that yeah. but you can also see me catching like super weird and obscure like grindcore death bands like downstairs at the fucking Chippendale Hotel or yeah, at yeah. Black White Records which is sure, yeah. essentially my second home you yeah, know? Yeah. like <laughs> I want the the guests on my podcast to reflect that so uh, a week after having someone on like you know I've had like people like Lachlan Watt on the podcast who was amazing and, and Lindsay's been on who's yeah, been amazing yeah. but I've also had people on like uh, Toby Martin who was in a band called Youth Group who I, yeah. I absolutely love huge fan of those guys uh, yeah. having like acoustic acts on you know and like yeah. and, and I, I want to eventually uh talk to some of my friends in the world of hip-hop you know like the tongue and Earthboy and people like that people i really like and really respect yeah cool i i guess i just i just want it to be a reflection on celebrating music in all its ways because i don't i don't want to be associated with just being like oh you know you, you just like that genre or I, i'm not one of those people who says i don't like x genre you know yeah. like it's that classic thing of oh, i'll listen to anything except rap and country yeah yeah, yeah. it's like it's can excuse you rap music and country music are both fucking awesome yeah you and just... they probably influence half the things that you reckon you like anyway yeah exactly yeah. like go read a fucking book yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> yes I that's, that's that's it for me man once I've said I don't like genre then I've cut off any potential enjoyment I may ever have from that genre. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. I want to experience everything that music has to offer, and I, I, I think I've surrounded myself with people that are quite similar in that respect, and so I, I guess the podcast is, for me, a chance to reflect that. When it came to, to you starting your podcast, mm-hmm. like, were you... I, I guess we're on the same level as we're both podcast nerds. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and we both probably do a lot of traveling and you know just yeah, you, you sure. get it in your head where you're listening to it just by yourself a lot yeah. and, you know yeah, well, was it was inspired by that because you know I, I think it, it was definitely for me you know like yeah. longer form stuff with like you know like Mark Maron and Colt Cabana and people yeah. like that doing doing like long form interviews yeah. and things like that I mean I think outside of like music and shit like yeah. my uh, interests lie in like in comedy and stuff but I, it's not something I've ever pursued really it's mm. just something that I really I really like and obviously in the current climate in the world pos- podcasts are like a huge mm. portion of comedy effectively and so I yeah like I drive it takes me half an hour to get to work so I spend one hour dri- uh, sorry two hours driving to and from work every day because I go twice a day to work so I that's two hours every day where I was previously listening to music and the radio and flipping between things and then when the first podcast I ever listened to was Comedy Bang Bang and nice like from that it which just was something of, I was literally listening to on the way here fucking right solo bowler sick yeah. oh dude I can't wait it's so it's good it's waiting for me I'm gonna listen to it on the plane tomorrow fuck yeah um, you gotta lose it dude you're gonna be the, you're gonna be that dude just losing your shit on the plane yeah. <laughs> yeah, so sucked yeah, but yeah, so I listened to that, and then that just started rolling into all those other 
linked up comedy podcasts and then I sort of started listening to a lot of the yeah the more interviewee type ones like the yeah Marin and the Nerdist ones and yeah, stuff yeah you made it weird yeah, yeah 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 so I was like getting into that a lot and then at the time I was writing for Kill Your Stereo oh okay yeah and I had a column on Kill Your Stereo and uh, which was called Oblivious Maximus as well right and that was kind of just like an opinion piece kind sure. of thing yep, yep. Kane who ran Kill Stereo just wanted me to write like a monthly like spew of my thoughts I guess and they were quite opinionated and I would just talk about things I liked or things I didn't like or whatever or like you know I did a couple that were just like recommending people albums like oh cool you yeah. know and like but yeah so I kind of was like but also at the same time I was occasionally interviewing people for Blunt and occasionally interviewing people for him and uh, other things and like uh, yeah then I was like just thinking like oh, I'd just like to do it as a podcast instead of writing all the time sure yeah because as well as being in a band and working and going to uni and shit I was like having to write this stuff for this website and like yeah. I like doing it but just so much spending so much time on my fucking computer oh, like, between yeah. work and uni and that and I was just like if I could just talk to people and record it it'd be so much easier and I, yeah I was listening to all these podcasts and then not that I would ever... I mean, you know, I guess like, I wouldn't say that I'd never do a comedy one, but I'm, I don't think I'm, like, particularly hilarious or anything. Like, I think that I can tell funny stories, but that's about the extent of it. Sure, and, like, yeah. I did improv and drama and stuff in school. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, of course. You know, my sort of... My talent, as far as I see it, creatively comes in music and uh, contributing that way. But yeah, so yeah, I think it was the same thing. It was kind of like, I just want to talk to people and similar to yourself, like, you know, become better friends with some people that I consider to be friends, but yeah. maybe not heaps well or... But then as well, like, I wanted to do stuff like... Like, I really wanted to interview Stu Harvey because fucking no one ever interviewed him. Sure, He spent yeah. 10 years interviewing people on the radio and no one ever asked him, like, hey, why do you do this? Yeah. You know, like... And I remember the first time I ever went and did Short Fast Loud, me, and I said it in the podcast that I did with yeah, him, yeah. that like, we were there for like two hours talking, and ten minutes of it is on the radio. Yeah. Like, but like, I, and like, I mean, yeah, I don't know if you meant to do this, but like, I just took a bunch of beers in there and just got kind of drunk <laughs> and like... That's how I exist. Yeah, well... <laughs> I took a bunch of beers and a backpack into the ABC studios oh, and pre- pretended that I wasn't doing it, but <laughs> I fucking did it. ABC. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh man. The man is not going to be happy with you. <laughs> no, fucking. Yeah, no, so that was it. Same kind of thing. Like I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to, you know, get more out of some people. Like I don't, I, and I think I, I think I've said as well as that I don't just want to interview band dudes. I mean, I, sure, I, yeah. I, I like that but I think there's other sides to it as well like, yeah absolutely like yourself and um, you know like I want to do one with my mum like I really want to do one with my mum that would be awesome mom. I'm going to I think but I, I need to talk talk her into it I did talk to her about it and she did say to me she was like oh well did anyone want to hear what I have to say and I was like well because you're fucking you're an interesting person yeah like so I'm in in the works with mum figuring that out fingers crossed yeah oh she'll do it I'll, I'll just turn on the thing and record just whatever really she subtly, says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. A, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. 
Okay, so take me through the first time that I just uh, began touring. So, mm-hmm. was that the first band that you, like, toured properly with? Slowburn did, like... Slowburn did, like, weekend runs, and we did a tour with Hard Luck, who... Alex and Murph from I Exist from Hard Luck. Okay. A hardcore band. Yeah, so we were in... Though, yeah, we like did weekend trips and then a tour once, maybe twice, and then did those sort of little things. First proper Aegis tour was with Shahulud. Mm. That was the first, like, our record, our first album had just come out, and so we did that. Um, we'd done, similar to Slowburn, we'd done little runs and you know, like a couple shows in Queensland or a weekend in Melbourne or whatever. But the first yeah, sure. proper tour was with Shahulud. And it was like, I don't know. I think it was the first like proper tour any of us had really done in the sense of like we were gone for two weeks or whatever, you know, like we were away from home. And we made a fuckload of friends and we were touring with two bands that primarily didn't drink, so we drank all the free booze at the shows. <laughs> and I mean, that was the first time when I really understood the concept of a rider. And it became my favourite thing in the world. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you fully comprehend the idea of a rider these oh, days. <laughs> Fucking live. Ride the rider. I live for free booze. <laughs> no, no, I'm like, I'm, I make myself sound like a straight up alcoholic, but I have a handle on things. So I just really. Ah, like, you're just a rock star, man. Yeah, yeah. You see me, dude. I'm here. Rock oh, yeah. Out. 100%. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I think, yeah, we did Shadowwood and it was really fun. Like, I don't really like that sort of music that much, but they were nice guys and they were really cool to I exist and the shows were really fun and um, yeah, it was sick. Like we, just, I mean, it, the coolest thing about it was like, oh okay, I can hang out with these four other guys every day and not get annoyed with them and have fun every day. So that was yeah. From there, it was like let's fucking do this as often as we can. <laughs> like fuck yeah, you know? yeah. That was a, that was the first like run we ever did, and then can't remember what came out. Oh, after that, the next tour we did after that was with Sex Wizard and Extortion. Oh yeah, I think it was. Anyway, sounds about right. Yeah, that was like the Shylewood thing amplified by like a zillion because we were just friends. Everyone was friends with everyone. Yeah, and like I became really good friends with the dudes in Sex Wizard inevitably led to playing in the band for a while but like those guys are fucking awesome and like I think there's a, a sort of kinship between people from Adelaide and people from Canberra being it's like a big a capital you know city a big a landmark city but is so far removed from other parts of like popular culture in Australia so yeah yeah it was cool I mean now we're at a point where like we don't tour that much really anymore. We just do little, you know, we do run little weekend jaunts basically. Yeah. Not I mean, some of you are married and have kids as well. Yeah. Yes. One of us has kids. One of us is married. Another one's getting married soon. I'm neither, but I work with kids, so I <laughs> spend something. a lot of my time with children. Yeah, you know, we're just too busy at this point. And, like, the band stuff's awesome, but, like, in reality, in Australia and... I think the current climate is it's alternative music. Yeah. It's not really too much of a chance that we'll ever be in a position where we can all afford to live off this <laughs> yeah. shit. So we need to work and do real life things as much as we can as well. It's true, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you see things going uh, with 
you with the podcast from here. You obviously want to be interviewing band guys, you want to be interviewing people you're friends with, and yeah. exposing that sort of shit. Where's the, what's like the, the what like goals do you have for it? What are some things you like, you want to do, you want to get out of it? Honestly, what I've gotten out of it so far is the fact that I've got to share something I'm passionate about and, you know, the experiences of other people sure. with people that I've never met. I've had people come up to me, like, a few times now and just say, I really enjoy the podcast. And they don't know me. Yeah. They just know the people that I've got on through chatting with people like Will and people like Lindsay and, Pe- and Lo- Lachlan and Toby and whoever else. Mm-hmm. That's getting spread out to the people that know them yeah. just on, on even like less of a level. Yeah, you know? yeah. They're on less of a level in the, in the sense that they, they've just seen the band live. You know, they've, they've probably not even met him you know, or, yeah. or, or anything like that. They're just interested in their music. If I'm able to give them a bit of backstory and a bit of uh, insight into what they're like and where their passion lies and what they're interested in, mm-hmm. then I, I feel like there's, there's something to be said about that. There's something to be achieved there. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm blown away by the fact that people who I don't know have heard this podcast. You yeah. know what I mean? When Mystery Band shared it on their Facebook page, the likes on my page spiked and had all these... People I'd never met just writing, oh, this is awesome. This That's is such a cool rad. chat, That's you know. So you know, the same thing when I had, like, Jules on from the Bennies and, you know, Lindsay and stuff like that, you know, just I- I- exposing what I'm doing to people that I've never met like that's that's a really cool thing to me yeah yeah I get a lot out of that personally I think there's a lot to be said about that you know it's something that is essentially a passion project for me to share with my friends about my friends yeah the fact that there are people listening in on that even though it is out there on the internet and everything like that you know yeah. it's such a wide open road as, as the Triffids have put it. it it still blows my mind when a stranger will come along and say hey man this is fucking great it's like <laughs> how, how? How? Like, yeah. what? When? Who? What? what yeah, the f- yeah. It just, it, it throws me, it hits me for six, man. Like, it's, yeah. yeah, so, I, I guess what I'm, uh, that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to achieve here. That, yeah. That's what I'm trying to achieve with this podcast. Cool. Just uh, opening up a dialogue and getting to know people better and if anyone gets anything out of that, I get, I obviously get a lot out of it, but if other people get something out of it, then that is even better yeah you know cool so yeah I guess that, that's that's me is it is it a, a a grander bigger picture thing for you when it comes to podcasting or is it just uh, a, a thing where you're just like you know just, just see what happens or yeah, it's, it's got a bit of both like I'd obviously right. like to do it more and I'd like yeah. to talk to as many people as I can and yeah I mean, the thing for me is that, like, I'd really like... I, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to... I kind of have it a little bit in the works, but, like, talking to people that I don't know. Like, you know, right, like, sure. I mean, I'm, like, chatting to people about that sort of stuff. Yeah, talking to people that I don't know about things, and, like, because I, I see it as a cool way to meet people as well. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, like, I mean, the thing for me is just, yeah, keep talking to people that, I'm, that I think are interesting, and then talk to people that I don't know, and find out whether or not they're interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, you know, I think, yeah, it's just, it's a fun thing for me, and it's something that, like, I I like that people like it, mm. but it's similar with band stuff, 
just going to keep doing it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> if people don't like it, then whatever. Yeah, but, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I like doing it. So. Yeah, of course. Now, yeah. Uh, uh, a little while back on your podcast, uh, you had uh, Yell Some Outright On, yes. uh, which is about you were indeed a founding member of. I, yeah, and uh, basically, you, you planted the, the seeds and made, made that happen. So I definitely did. go back and listen to that if you're, <laughs> if, you're, if you're interested. It's a fucking river of an episode. Thank you. With a fucking kick-ass, kick-ass lady. Um, you, you mentioned like going through and playing drums in, in high school bands and stuff like that. Was it was it weird to kind of uh, not so much regress, but go back to that in, in in terms of you know playing it outright for the first time, or it's just like oh shit, I'm back, I'm, I'm back here, you know? Do you yeah, guys miss me? <laughs> kind of. I hadn't played drums in a long time when I started playing drums in outright. Yeah, and I think the thing for me was when I started playing in outright. That's, that sounds good. When, when we started the band, yes, there was like two songs, I think, and they already had drums recorded on them. Brenton, who played guitar initially, had a friend of his sort of play drums for them to show yells, I think. Yeah. I hadn't played drums in ages, so it was kind of like relearning it a little bit, and the last thing I played drums in was this band Forward in Canberra. Oh, so uh, yeah, yeah. That sort of stuff was way like spazzy, convergy type drumming, not just... Straight, more straightforward hardcore stuff so I sort yeah. of had to like adjust what I had most recently been used to doing and um, yeah, it was kind of difficult but at the same time I wrote the other songs on the outright demo on guitar because I was obviously playing guitar more at the time and Brenton yeah. was kind of like stuck for ideas so I just wrote two songs and um, yeah I mean it was cool I really liked playing drums in outright it was super fun um Stylistically, it would have been a yeah, a, a, it was a right, nice and it's change I mean, of pace as well. Considerably easier than playing like <laughs> stuff you really need to think about. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I really like playing drums. I really enjoy doing it. I fucking hate taking drums to shows. Oh man! And I cannot stand. The f- and I think so. The other thing was with Outright. By the time Outright started, I'd already been like touring a lot with I Exist. Yeah, yeah. So I was like used to just playing guitar at shows. I can't drink as much when I play drums. Yeah. <laughs> because I have to pay attention more. Yeah. And I just like drinking. <laughs> when uh, Brenton decided he didn't want to do Outright anymore because of his work and his, the life he led, um, yelled, uh, Brad, who plays other guitar in Outright, he, um, who's still in Outright, he was already in the band and then we're like oh maybe we go back to one guitar player and then we're like oh I wrote all these songs with two guitar parts so we gotta get another guitar player and then it was kind of like well I wrote the songs so I should just play guitar and then we'll get another drummer and that turned out to be awesome because the guy that they got Josh who's no longer in the band but he was like way better than me at drums and I could get back to getting drunk and playing guitar so I managed to work myself in and out of drumming but I still have drums and I like I don't play them that often I sort of whenever I exist jam I sort of hit Murph's drums for a little bit and stuff but like yeah it's fun but um yeah Outright's a really cool thing it's like I was really happy to be a part of something for one of like a, a good friend of mine and I you know I'm stoked that people like them and I'm stoked that people like the music because I think the band's sick yeah they're I'm, a fucking great band like even though I'm not in the band anymore and even though I was in it for a while they're, they're awesome songs and there's an awesome idea behind the band and they're awesome people yeah. so, was it just yeah. a logistic thing you couldn't you could juggle the two or yeah kind of at the time they were getting heaps of shows like at the same time as I did shows right right yeah and like they played with 
Like, I remember one of the big things was them getting us both refused, and I couldn't do it because I'd already booked flights to go play shows as Sex Wizard, and it was just like... Oh, the man. Sex Wizard shows were just like fucking whatever, like, club shows and all ages shows. But, I mean, I'd already booked my plane tickets, and I wanted to go play the Sex Wizard shows. I mean, I don't really like refused, but the, that is a very big show oh, for yeah, outright. no kidding, yeah. So... It was sort of unfortunate that I couldn't do them, and then there was a couple other things that they were like, oh, we want to book this, and then I just went to Europe, and then it was kind of like, there's no point in you getting a fill-in guitar player for ten shows, just get a new guitar player, and they did, and that was fine, and then, but subsequently, since I've played guitar for Outright like three times, I don't know, two, two times since I left, I'm playing another show with them like two months with mine snare so a bit lovely rad um, nice but yeah now I just basically fill in for Brad because Brad tours a lot as like a guitar tech and stuff like he tours yeah, yeah. Street and yeah, stuff that's yeah how, that's how we met yeah yeah so uh, yeah so when Brad goes away now I, I guess the deal might be that I'll just fill in for him yes. if I'm at home yeah but um if I'm not then obviously I won't it's a good band to be on the bench for yeah it's cool they're really good guys and yeah like still there's, they still play some of the songs that I wrote so it's like it's fun in that sense as well. yeah fuck yeah it is so, yeah. it's cool I like them a lot yeah they're good guys really yeah they're awesome yeah. okay well I suppose we'll uh, I'll, I'll wrap up the way I normally wrap up so um I would like to know about uh, your best and worst gig experiences as a performer. Okay. As a performer? Feel, feel free to start on either or. The worst show collectively that I just agrees is the worst thing we've ever played was on a kind of fucked up here in Sydney. It was the worst show we ever played. No shit, I remember just, that just show. Just because of how badly we played. And the I don't even that, remember like, that, how like, you we, guys playing badly. It's like so many things went wrong. Like Jake stomped on Alex's one of Alex's leads, like broke the lead oh, in the tuner. Oh my god! While we were playing, my guitar like kept stopped working a bunch. I think Josh maybe um, Josh or Sam like fucked a couple things up, and then I fucked some things up, and then everyone was just like. It was just like, I don't know, it was just like a disaster. Yeah. And it was oh, like man. a really cool show to be a part of because it was a side show of that Foo Fighters tour. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was like just ridiculous. It was just real bad. And it was yeah. like, there was a lot of people there and we were the only opening band. And it was like, oh, cool. Like, I don't know, maybe, I don't think people saw us as playing terribly, but we all thought it was like just Right, shit. yeah. So... <laughs> We talked about that the other day and everyone still agrees it's the worst show we've played. There you um, go. And then the best? I mean, there's so fucking many. I mean, for me... I mean, I think the, the, the pinnacle of our, uh, anything that we've done for me is playing... We played a show with I Hate God in Budapest. Oh, wow. Which is, like, crazy. Yeah. Like, I wanted... I was happy to, like, you know end this fucking life after I played with I Had God in Australia. <laughs> like, I was like, I could, what else can I do now? And then we booked a European tour and it was fucking awesome. And then, uh, like, a month before we went, it became apparent that one of the shows was an I Had God headline show that our tour package had just got, like, plonked on. And it was like, fuck, dude, this is... I cannot wait for this. And then, yeah. by that point, we it was, like, towards the end of the tour, so we were like... 
I mean, I'm really good friends with the guys in Harm's Way and Twitching Tongues. Yeah, yeah. But, like, by that point, we were, like, all super good mates, getting on real well. Just had this, like, blowout, crazy party with God and it was so fun. Like, it was so, so sick. But, uh, alternatively than that, I think the other thing that, like, the other best thing we ever did was we opened Groove and the Moo in Canberra a couple Holy of years ago. Shit. I think we had a 20-minute set that got cut down to, like, 15 minutes. So we played like three or four songs, maybe five songs. Right. But it's like the most I think I've ever drank in my life <laughs> at a show. Oh we, yeah, they would have had a butt ton of rider. Oh yeah, and we played at like 11 and um, bands, all the like international bands and stuff would just leave after they played. And so we just went around and we were just stealing booze from everyone's <laughs> tents and stuff. That's fucking it was sick. Just ridiculous. Like, yeah, it was, it was really fun. No, that was like the silliest thing we've ever done. Oh yeah, <laughs> stealing a bottle of Jamison from Public Enemy's rider. Oh goddamn! If that's not fighting the power, I don't know what does, is. Yeah, they told me to, dude. Yeah, exactly. Their own fault. <laughs> yeah. And when it comes to alcohol, it does take a nation of millions to hold you back. <laughs> Please. Oh goddamn! Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Do you have a way that you end the podcast or anything? I just say brutal. <laughs> <laughs> style. Yeah. So I'll say brutal. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. This has been Oblivious Maximus and all my friends are in Barpet. Yes. Fuck you, dude. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. This has been a David James Young Writes production. For more information, visit davidjamesyoung.com.